Welcome to Book Club. We wanted to read literally every poem and talk yes. about every single one. Why do I breathe? Yeah, <laughs> you don't. Um, go read it yourself. You gotta read the whole thing. Go read it. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, I read the whole thing in two days. Um, <laughs> partially because Victoria takes long to read things so she gets it first. <laughs> I hope Wes Anderson, as a young child, thought to himself. Yes. I am an aesthetic. Like, he learned the word aesthetic. You like historical fiction, and I like dragons. Uh, welcome to the party. Welcome, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Book Club. This is Julia uh, without Victoria. Um, she has very graciously uh, allowed me some time to just talk about my favorite things uh, using podcast space. Um, so this week, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about uh, the international K-pop sensation BTS, which I have not shut up about for the last year. Um, and to help me out, I am joined by Christine. Uh, Christine is actually Victoria's friend, but I have stolen her <laughs> um, to talk about this because uh, I don't remember when we figured it out. It was it was during COVID. Maybe it was over the summer. Um, but. I saw on Instagram that Christine was liking a lot of the same BTS memes that I was. And I was like, we should be friends. Also, I needed an outlet for all of the BTS joy that I was experiencing. And so uh, I think you guys, it was when you guys were like hanging out in the backyard, roasting marshmallows or something. Uh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you, Julia, for having me. This is actually the first podcast I'm on, so really? it's kind of great. Ah. Yeah. And to talk about BTS, something that I really love, and that's very dear to me. Um, but to go back to what you said, yeah. yes, it was that outdoor hang. I think it was in October, and I okay. had to use the bathroom Yes, in your apartment. That's what it was. And, you know, social distancing and... Right when I left, you like stopped me <laughs> and you're like, hold on. Do you like BTS? <laughs> and then you asked me about my bias and, you know, that was a match made in heaven for, yeah. you know, our friendship. Yeah. Um, BTS making unbreakable bonds of friendship since 2013. Um, yeah. So now we send each other uh, lots of memes on Instagram and our friendship has evolved now we also share a Crunchyroll account so yes that is correct I hold that account and <laughs> it's gonna be very wholesome it is yeah I'm, I'm very ready for some wholesome content so very important questions for you Christine number one how did you find BTS number two who is your bias okay so um I feel like for a lot of people, they've found it through very direct ways, whether a friend told them or they're a big K-pop fan. I mean, I've been a K-pop fan since 2010. So, yeah, I'm a big veteran fan, as you said. <laughs> but it was actually my mom 
My mom loves BTS. She's been to two of their concerts. (laughs) I have yet to be in a concert, Um, obviously due to COVID, but it was actually through my mom and she had told me about them maybe in 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I guess I was just not ready to go back into listening to K-pop. But they were kind of in my purview and my thoughts since then and you know here and there through media since they're literally worldwide and um i think it was maybe when covid really started around march of 2020 right last year uh i started listening to them and it just kind of blew up after that yeah just all the content everything eating it all up enjoying it and now here with this podcast Mm -hmm. and my bias as many people have is Jungkook because mm. he's the best. The golden from time to time, yeah, he is truly the golden one. Very handsome, mm-hmm. but even though he's my bias, like I love all of them as well. Yeah, I guess I would call him my bias because he was like the first one I think that really stood out to me mm. looks wise. So I think that's how I say bias. But who's your bias, Julia? Great question. Um, I love sugar. Min Yoongi, a.k.a. Augusty, he has like five names. Um, he didn't stand out to me at first. Um, I have a friend who was born in Korea, but like grew up in the States, um, who's actually, she's been on this podcast. Her name's Young, And uh, she introduced me to K-pop back like wonder girls era we would like oh wow videos and like do the little dances she would like i think she started getting really into it right around 2013 2014 um and would like post bts dance videos on instagram like i first knew them as like good dancers um and but i just like wasn't that interested I don't know I thought like I thought it was cool but I wasn't that interested and then when they started kind of blowing up in America a couple years ago I saw them like on the red carpet and I was like oh they're cute and RM is the one who really stood out to me at first Mm. um because I don't know he's just got a very striking face and uh, he's very uh just like re- I mean they're all very regal but yeah. he just has this like very diplomatic sense yeah. to him that just stands out. I mean people have made those like memes about him running for president. Yeah. I mean he should. He <laughs> he, never, he, sh- he should. He should. He never will. He's way too modest for that but um he should because he uh a, a, first of all He's incredibly smart. And the more I've gotten to know all the members, I'm like, I think RM and I would have been like nerd friends in high school. Because he loves books. He loves learning about new things. He's like actually super awkward when he's not like in sort of, you know, diplomat mode. Um, But he's just like incredibly thoughtful and smart and like, kind of sees the bigger picture of things and anyway so he stood out to me at first um and I started listening to their music a little bit 
But I don't consider that when I became an army because I was like sort of cherry picking. I was like, I like this song from Wings and I like this song of their old stuff. And that was kind of it. You know, it was like I added it to my playlists and I moved on. And then kind of same as Christine, early 2020, they released an album right when the pandemic hit. And so they were doing a ton of promo stuff. Mm -hmm. And I also traveled to New York right before COVID hit the U.S., um, where I saw my friend Hyung, and we were talking about the new album that was about to come out and the new promo stuff. We watched some dance videos and we were talking about them. So it was just like in my mind. And uh, all of a sudden I was like sucked in. I think I was like, you know, super anxious and depressed. And um, same here. <laughs> they just, they give off this aura of just like comfort and friendship and love. And like, we're in this together kind of feeling. And I was just like, this is exactly what I need right now. And so I went fully down the rabbit hole. And that's when I discovered how much I loved Suga. Because I feel like we're very similar people. Um, so I don't love him in the sense a lot of armies, their bias is like the one that they like want to marry. I mean, yeah, no. Me and Yoongi are like the same person. I, like, just everything. like your kindred spirits. Yes, exactly. Um, like I want to be his best friend. I just really connected to his anger. Um, when he was younger, he created a lot of like really angry music. Um, but he's also like really deep and thoughtful and like kind of quietly caring for everyone in his life. And, um, he's extremely introverted, but like has his sort of people and he really loves them and just everything that comes out of his mouth. I'm like, yes, a hundred percent. It's, it's yeah. interesting that you, you say about having RM as kind of your the first person you see, uh-huh. and that kind of drawn you to BTS and then Suga because they're both very introspective. Like yeah. out of all of them, I think both of them are very introspective. I mean, they're very intelligent. They're yeah. kind of this. They're like on this on like as a coin, but two sides of the coin, right? In a way, and I, it's like interesting that you kind of gravitated to both of them yeah right first rm and then now sugar <laughs> i think yeah. i could see myself in all of them in different mm-hmm. maybe different times of my life and yeah. just thoughts and even style like i my sister is also a big vts fan and mm-hmm. we've talked about how for me personally my style i think teeters between v and j-hope oh i can see that i can see that yes like v has a lot of patterns and Mm -hmm. i wear a lot of patterns i think you've seen me on my instagram with my patterns Mm -hmm. and then lately i've been wearing more of like very j-hope looking clothes as my sister has mentioned it Uh i have a very oversized um coat from uniqlo that's my winter coat Uh also great great investment and um and then having this beanie and she's like you look like (laughs) j-hope And then when I take off my beanie, my hair is kind of in the same length as J-Hope, That's too. That's true. So you do it's have in- a similar haircut. Yes. So yeah. I feel like they have different 
I see myself in different phases of them, which I think mm. connects me to them in a very deep level in that sense. And I think for many armies yeah. would also agree. Yeah. Yeah. I probably, cause V has a few versions of his style. I definitely am more similar to his like professor style. Yeah. <laughs> his like... neutral, his professional neutral tones, yes, as I call it. Yes. I, that's very much me. Um, but he's got other versions that I am, do not relate to. Um, and then again, Sugar, he loves real, he loves comfort. He loves big sweaters. He loves wearing all black. He like, he always says like, I wear as comfortable of clothes as possible. He has like the same two shirts that he just wears over and over and over again, which is very me. Because he's like, the things we wear for work are so uncomfortable. I just want to be comfortable. <laughs> well, I feel that on a whole deep level, especially yes. during the pandemic. He's great. I mean, all of them are great. I think I would uh, connect to Jin and so many levels like, as being the oldest, too. Like, I, I yeah. see what Jin is doing and how he navigates his life and his career and, like, mm-hmm. taking care of all of his six children. <sighs> yeah. They bother him so much, but he loves them (laughs) so much. I mean, something that I think they've been pretty vocal about is like how they just do not care about masculinity. Um, And that's grown and changed over time. I think Jimin was a big agent of that um, from the beginning um, yeah, I think Jimin was, uh, very instrumental in, like, getting the guys to just, like, stop caring about appearing. He just, he's just like, what, what is masculinity? What is it? Why does it matter? And now they're at this point where they just, uh, do not care. And it's great uh, in terms of what they wear, in terms of how they relate to each other, in terms of how they talk about their own personal struggles, they're just very vulnerable. I think it draws people to them. I think that's why they're so beloved. Yeah, I, th- I think as someone who's, you know, witnessed a bunch of K-pop groups since like 2010, mm-hmm. I feel like BTS is so different in that sense because we never got to really know a lot of those idols. When I, yeah. at least when I started um, listening to K-pop, uh, like the very big ones were uh, Dongbang Shinki, which I think almost equated to like probably the second popular to like BTS and uh, Big Bang, which is another mm-hmm. K-pop idol group. But even then, you never really got to see like their side that much. And mm-hmm. BTS brought that to the forefront. And that was something that was quite new for a lot of people. And I think that's the reason why I really also enjoyed getting to know them, right? Obviously, I can't. I wish I could see them personally, yeah. like like any army. Yeah. But they like they give a piece of them themselves through this media, um, and it's really great because then I get to like feel more connected to their music mm-hmm. and what the music that they write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels very personal because they've shared parts of themselves in things they find difficult about life 
they don't pretend to be squeaky clean or put together or I don't know. Like it was a conscious choice for them to be like, we're going to be open and vulnerable and we're going to share the things that are hard. And, um, and so then when you listen to the music and you read the lyrics, you can feel that and you know what it means to them, which I think is huge. And then you can feel like they're sharing something, a tool that you can also use for yourself. So on that note, should we talk about our favorite songs? So, Christine, what is one of your favorite BTS songs? Um, one of my favorite songs, and you kind of just touched upon like their message, is Anpanman, which is um, the one song that really got me to listen to them. I was like, ooh, what is this song? Very upbeat. But when you listen to the lyrics, for many people who don't know, Man is a comic book hero in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. He is this sweet bread roll with red bean paste filling. So like that, that is him. And when you think of superheroes, right, you think of very muscular, you think yeah. very like physique-wise, and you have this little sweet bread roll, right? <laughs> um, and for the longest time, I actually didn't know the name of this comic book hero because they had lollipops about this and I would always eat them. Uh. <laughs> but didn't know the guy's name. <laughs> but essentially this song talks about how BTS is saying like you don't need to be the best. You don't need to have like the muscles to like make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Like the small the small gestures, the small treasures is like what helps the world be a better place, makes the world go around with kindness and it's funny because it's like this is such an upbeat song and then like there's actually this like very like deep meaning into it yeah. which which is great about all of the bts songs and especially now with the pandemic like and with a lot of like other things going on like i really liked listening to the song i used to listen to it probably like every morning wow. once the pandemic started to just like really pump me up it was also like my most listened song on my spotify oh my like God. rewind <laughs> my spotify got <laughs> like wrecked the this year <laughs> yeah and it's because of that like that hidden meaning and that deep ma- meaning mm-hmm. of like i i always tell myself to like you know it's the world's kind of bleak right now with the pandemic like no one really knows what's going on and like this helps me remind myself like me holding the door for someone or like buying myself flowers or like cleaning up where i need to clean up find trash like publicly and take that up and put it in the trash can like these are just small things i can do to make the world a better place or like wear my mask right Mm, when i go outside Mm -hmm. i can ramble about this but so Mm. julia what's your favorite song or one of your favorite songs um okay my number one all-time favorite bts song is from the same album it's called uh paradise BTS has a few songs. They're, it's not the most prevalent kind of style for them, but like Paradise and Home um, and I think Telepathy off of their newest album. And they have a couple others that are like a bit more like groovy. Um, like it kind of slows down, but it's still like a, a dancey song, but it's, I don't know. I don't know music genres, so I'm just spitballing. I have no idea what genres are. Um, but it it's it's like a feel good in your body kind of song. 
but the message of it is all about like um i mean the line the line the title paradise comes from uh the line every breath you take is already paradise and it's about isn't that beautiful yeah i forget that is like the first line and just like wow yeah and like get that tattooed on your arm like it's a it's about like it's okay if you're not super ambitious or if you don't know what you want out of life yet or if like you're really bogged down in it's okay like just try to uh, just just like finding peace and contentment in like your breath and in being alive and like having trying to be happy in like small things and like oh my god (laughs) like such a it's very profound yeah to me yeah and something I I think have also been working on of like I don't usually have like big aspirations and I've always felt kind of guilty about that like I just I'm very happy living a small, quiet life and just trying to make my little tiny corner of the world better rather than like trying to fix everything. I find that very overwhelming and um, I don't know, like I don't want to be, I don't want to climb through the ranks of capitalism and I don't want to like topple empires I'm like can we I'm really excited when I like go for a walk and encourage my friend and like eat a good snack like to me that's a good day so I yeah it's um, the small things yeah (laughs) yeah and I I know uh another reason I like sugar he's a big proponent of that he's like do what you want it's okay if you don't have a dream or if you don't know what you want yet like just keep chugging um and especially when it's really hard to find anything positive about your life um you're really depressed and anxious finding beauty in your breath and in you know small moments is um really great so yeah i i absolutely love that song and i love the line they sing it in english so i always get really into it and they say stop running for nothing my friend um like what you're just chasing nothing like stop stop (laughs) take a breath um yeah i love it that's it's great Mm -hmm. it is a really good song Mm -hmm. and especially now like just take take that moment Mm to relax be in love with your life like you're living like that should be enough in a sense. Mm-hmm. Taking that breath. Oh, I want to go listen to it. <laughs> I know. Like, can we, go, can we take a quick pause, listen to the whole album, and then come back? Yeah. Um, okay, so what's your next one? It's funny because this is like, you know, mood change, but Butterfly has been Oof. something that I've lately been listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, as someone who's going through a heartbreak right now, mm. it has definitely resonated with me um, since, you know, it's about the fear of losing someone, mm-hmm. right? But also, 
I think it goes beyond that for me personally from a heartbreak of like, you know, romantic. It's like the heartbreak of right now, like losing a lot of people during the pandemic. And I unfortunately um, had my aunt pass away last year in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the pandemic, not because of COVID, um, but it was through um, like, you know, an illness. And Mm -hmm. every time I listen to the song, you know, I'm feeling so many things, not even just romantic, but just, you know, the idea of like, love it you know, love is there, but also it can disappear immediately. And like mm-hmm. helping me actually grieve, like yeah. helping me grieve. Like to me, like this song is not even just about someone you lost, you know, just like everything else in the world right now, yeah. like grieving everything about, you know, my previous life before COVID, all the changes that's happening. And like, in a weird way, it's like helping me empower myself. Like when I'm going through these changes that like, this is part of life, right? Mm -hmm. Like the same thing you were saying about um, paradise. It's like, this is life, like enjoy it. But also like, there are sometimes things that makes you sad, but it is just part of life, right? Like Mm. life can't just be all about butterflies Mm. (laughs) essentially. Um, But yeah, it really has empowered me lately. Every time I listen to it, Because it helps me understand, like, you know, these are things that happen naturally. And, you know, the fear is always there, but, you know, you can overcome it. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if someone said this about this song, but it's also just uh, like it's a very universal feeling, which Mm -hmm. I think it is. Like everybody has that sense of loss, Mm -hmm. sense of grief. Um, So sorry to put kind of a damper, but But that song really stood out. That's something that makes them really incredible is I feel like one of the things they do best is sitting with you in the the dark feelings. You know what I mean? They're um, like we got a little peek behind the curtain while they were creating an album, like a pandemic album. And they showed they like live stream some of their meetings. And one of the things that. Jim and emphasized when they were planning the songs was like, we don't want a sense of false happiness. We don't want to pretend nothing's happening. Like we want to be there for people in the dark things that they're feeling. And I think that BTS have always been amazing at that. Um, of like, rather than just trying to cheer you up with some happy pop sounds, which they do, they also get right down in the <laughs> in the dirt with you and are like, hey, it's hard. I've been there too. Um, it really like yeah. humanizes them as, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about idol culture, right? It's like they're so unattainable. Like yeah. they're at a different level. And I think that's why I love songs like Butterfly, right? And also some of their sadder like ballad songs to see that kind of side of them and understand like they, they are aware of this and they mm-hmm. want to let you know, like, yeah. We get like we are feeling the same thing you're feeling. Like we're also human. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I listen to the song, like I get you, BTS. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the title track from their most recent song, uh, their most recent album, B. Uh, the title track, "Life Goes On," came out just in November, and. A lot of people were saying that it was a really bold move um, to release a song that's not super catchy and um, radio friendly during like 
because they're really exploding in the U.S. Like they have a Grammy nomination now, like they're getting covered and taken seriously by some journalists. And, you know, they've done interviews with like Zane Lowe and stuff like people are starting to take them seriously now in America as like real artists, um, even though they've been here for a while. And this track Life Goes On, I think, emphasizes to me that they're always about the message and the story and connecting with their fans more than they are about any kind of specific success or commercial success. I mean, they're filthy rich, so they also don't really need it, but they, um, you know, they're like, their primary concern is like, we want to create a song that is genuine to what we're feeling during, cause it's very much a COVID song. It's like, our lives have gotten really repetitive. The world stopped, time stood still. I don't know when we're going to get out of this. I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm just going to keep living my life day by day and slowly, slowly things will change. It's sort of kind of soothing and has this like really uh, smooth, like very square beat. People were comparing it to like Spring Day, which is one of their most famous songs that like stood for like collective grief in Korea specifically after a tragedy happened there. And I think it's definitely in a similar vein. And they were like, yeah, it's more important that we share this and have it connect to our fans in the middle of what they're going through rather than trying to create a song that's going to destroy the charts or whatever. I would agree, right? The Really what BTS is trying to do is... Um, we're here about the message. We're here about our craft, our mm-hmm. talent, and our like, and especially their passion, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, they are very successful. Mm-hmm. Like their brand itself is so lucrative. Like yeah. they don't need to make like an album in the middle of the pandemic, no. but here they are, like busting their butts yeah. and like working really hard and like providing like an album that's to me also just really great and like a comfort right mm-hmm. now. I mean, in that same segue, right? My my other favorite song right now is telepathy mm-hmm. and you mentioned it earlier and with telepathy right it's it's it is like a love song to army right yeah. of wishing to see them like even though we're not together i hope you get that mental link that telepathy that we miss you and we love you mm-hmm. and for me i'm like yes i want i now really want to see you like i am a fan i'm an army yeah. i want to see you 2022 hopefully yeah. and everything's safe we're all vaccinated but also like as like a, a day of a life of myself right like this is what i'm feeling about my friends mm-hmm. right i really have really hold on to like platonic love especially in 2020 mm-hmm. since like i it was so abrupt like i don't see my friends like mm-hmm. and when we do see each other like you know it's maybe in a park safely outside like we're six feet apart like i can't hug them right and there's no sense of touch and to just hear that from bts singing that song is so hopeful to me because like i know one day like you know that i love and care about you but one day i can't wait to see you again and hug you guys and also just lyrically and musically at the end the outro of jimin and jungkook just singing Mm. was the icing on the cake for that (laughs) song 
<laughs> I was like, what is this song? Yeah. And then that ending, I was like, I need mm. at least 30 seconds more of them just <laughs> singing that. It's it's a it's a groove. Because the first half of the album is really sad. And then there's like an interlude. And then this sort of kicks off the second half of the album, which is just like a dance party. A sad dance party, but a dance party nonetheless. And um, yeah, oh my God. I think that one's definitely one of my faves on the album. Also, Shoga's the one who made the beat for it. and Yeah, he it. produced that. And I just, I also love the story of the song because he made the beat a while ago and then, but he didn't really like it. And then he revisited it when they were filming, when they were on vacation, quote unquote, filming uh, their COVID version of their travel show in the soup. And he found it again and was listening to it was like hey actually I really like this I can use it um and Jimin was like the project manager and he heard it and really liked it and was like pushing for it Jimin would be the project manager (laughs) he's so good at it I'm like they know they know their people they know what they're good at he's like he's such like a he was like class president he was like good at everything he would he's just he's very type a like it just yeah yeah. i see a little bit of myself as jimin Mm -hmm. like you said like sugar producing and you you see a little bit of that in the soup which i would also say please watch that's great it's so soothing it's just so soothing but i think that is a driving force about bts Mm because they're very involved with their music they like i said before right i have been fans of so many k-pop groups but i've never really seen the amount of what they do extensively with the music and the production like they're very passionate about their music they're constantly pushing themselves to like be more involved and to like try new genres um sugar's like determined to make a folk album now and i'm like (laughs) sure (laughs) you can do anything he's learning guitar like they like they're constantly sort of exploring yeah they're exploring and evolving and as a fan that's all you want for your for the artist right like to see what makes them happy and see them grow as an artist yeah i know some i know a lot of people and any artist like not just bts right were like i don't like this album this is not this is not like typical type of album and to me it's like well if you're if you're really big fan and you really do enjoy them like you know, support them and what they want to do. Like, that's why I was like so excited when they came out with their like this, like kind of self-produced album. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, Jimin's the project manager. Yes. Like, I want to, I want to see all of that. Like what, what are they doing? Yeah. They had a behind the scenes talk about the album and he was just complaining how no one met their deadlines except Hobie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. But J-Hope's like, on time he's got his shit done yeah i love all of them j-hope is just a ray of sunshine oh man yeah we haven't really talked about him yet but like and you know what what i can delve into into it but i've been i've been listening to his solo work and it's so good (laughs) oh my god okay do you want to hear my rap line theory 
Yes, what what's your rap okay, life theory? So everyone, all three rappers, RM, Suga, and J-Hope, they all have their own solo albums, which they released for free on SoundCloud because they're crazy people. And <laughs> it's all incredible. Obviously, my favorite is Suga's, but they're all amazing. And so I figured something out when I was listening to their solo projects. And I realized that the three of them make like a perfect head, heart, body kind of triad of like a complete person. So RM is like very much cerebral. He's like very much in your in his head. It's all about like lyrics and like complex philosophical ideas and like like his old stuff, which was much more aggressive, but still very thoughtful um, and complex lyrically. And then his second mixtape, uh, Mono, is like very it's it's more like depressed RM, but it's still. <laughs> yeah, I actually was listening to that yesterday. <laughs> I love that album. It's just like a big, big old hug of sound. Um, but it's, you know, so you're just like thinking about your life. So he's the head. And then Suga is the heart. His his music has so much emotional range. He's got like lots of anger in his early stuff, but like also like depression and anxiety and fear and hope and love. And he's just got the full range of emotions and just like gets real deep in his feels. I think V on the the vocal line side has a similar sense of like being very much in the feels. I literally have an album called A Spoonful of Sugar. And it's just all the songs, so cute. all the songs that he's worked on and his like solo stuff. And it takes you on a whole emotional journey. Like I listen to it when I'm like real upset or frustrated or sad or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then J-Hope or Hobie, as I call him, um, is the body. Like he started as yes. a hip hop dancer. And so he makes music based on how it feels in his body because he's like you like watch him producing and he's like dancing to it while he's making it um because he wants it like he creates music the way he would dance like you listen to like baseline and you're just like mm. yes yeah i've been listening to uh what is it i think it was hope world and daydream and it's like this is so quintessentially j-hope like everything about it I very much agree with your theory. Like I, and I, I love the rap line so much. And I thought if that was one thing I wanted to bring up as like, what was my fourth song? But like we <laughs> talked about, like it, it's, it's their subunits. If you don't know, like BTS, there has their subunits. They have the vocal line and they have the rap line and then even multiple subunits into that. But one of my favorite songs from the rap line, and it's between two, but I'll say the one that really stood out to me was um, Dang. Essentially it's like, it's a to the haters song, right? Like, see where I am now. But when I was reading about the lyrics, it that's where you see um, RM's skill. Oh my god! As a rapper, yes. And I think just just like a linguist in general, because um, you know, I really want to talk to someone who speaks Korean, but someone who was a, a Korean speaker like was on this forum saying like, yeah, if you really listen to it, and as a Korean speaker, it's so intelligent. There's yeah. so many different different words that also mean other things and it's, there's so much world wordplay on this 
yeah. this track. I'm yeah. like, what? And the reason why I brought this song up is because there was a Bangtan bomb about mm-hmm. it, like a scene where they're like Sugar's producing it mm-hmm. in the studio. And then here's like J-Hope who J-Hope's is like a ray of sunshine. But in this moment, he's like J-Hope as the artist yeah. who's like he gets real no serious. smile, very serious. And then there's like RM in the back to just like chilling and like focusing. Mm-hmm. And they're like producing this song. And I love that because it's like, uh, this is what I want to see. I want to see the beat, literally the behind the scenes and they're producing the song. And I think one scene was like, J-Hope's like, can you like take out that extra sound? Because uh-huh. it sounds much clean, like cleaner if you take that out. And like, he's like, yeah, that works. And he's like dancing to it while he's listening to it. And exactly like your theory. Yeah. I'm just saying, they create, like, together they create, like, the holy trinity of <laughs> Yeah, they... <laughs> I mean, they're very immensely talented. Yeah. Uh, I am very happy in terms of, like, BTS, like, the vocal unit also, like, exploring oh that more now. Yeah. I've been waiting for these mixtape for the entire time I've been in ARMY. I'm like... <laughs> Every single song he writes is such a vibe and it's beautiful. And he's the only one with like a baritone voice. Cause like Jimin's like a full on like counter tenor. He's like higher than me, his range. Jungkook's like very strong tenor. Same with Jin. Um, And then V's down here with this like silky soul voice. Oh my God. I love listening to him sing. So I'm like stoked for his mixtape, but it, they, I, we all thought we all were clowns. We thought it was going to come out on his birthday in December. Yeah. And we were denied. Um, it's already February. Like what is it coming out? I, <sighs> I want to cry. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just look at V. I mean, he's very beautiful. Yeah. He's my sister's bias. Not surprised. And I just look at him like, what is going on in your head? Yes. Honestly. He, he's an enigma, that one. He's truly an enigma. I, I, you know, I am just waiting for the day when V is in a rap, featured in a rap line. <sighs> they, they won't do it. They won't let him in. And I don't know why. I think they're I think they just want to find the best song for him yeah. to be. Let's I think it's also the voice, right? Like right. his voice is so unique in mm-hmm. a sense where not many people have that. I at least I know in K-pop. I think there's only one other person I think has like a very soulful voice and yeah. that's Baekhyun from EXO, mm-hmm. but even then I could only count like two or three yeah. on my hand. Yeah. So maybe that could be it, you know, I'm just speculating, <sighs> that's but true. Like that kind of soul voice, it's not quite suited for like a rap or hip hop genre. Like when he sings hip hop, their hip hop songs, he has more of a growl to it. He like kind of has to change his tone to like if you listen to their old stuff, which was much yeah, more hip-hop. like like uh, V's iconic line and jump. Yes, it's like a growl. It's a great song. It's an amazing song. Um, but I, I agree, right? It's I don't know. Maybe that could be it. That his voice is so unique that there is a very hard fit for yeah. rap. Yeah, but they gotta they gotta feature him sometime. Um, 
2022. 2022. Here we go. Manifesting that into the world. 2022. Like a rap line. No expectations for 2021. Like you don't, no concerts, no V rap line, just no expectations. You know, I, I got to keep it real to myself. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, like I think I told my, one of my friends lately that, you know, what's helping me keep grounded for 2022 is like kind of treating it as like last year. Right. Like mm. not many significant changes, still social distancing, but then the, the day is like taking it day by day, yeah. listening to BTS day by day. Yeah. Get your daily dose of BTS. Another song that helps me a lot. They have a very strong, particularly Shoga, which is another reason I love him. They have a very strong anti-capitalism streak. <laughs> and they, they have no problem, like, cleverly calling out um, problems that they see in the world. And um, so one of my favorite songs of theirs, Bape Say, also called Silver Spoon, I think is the English title. It's this whole, it's like a millennial, like, call to action kind of song. And it's them being angry at the way that our generation has, gets criticized and called lazy and for not trying hard enough. But, like, the whole economy has just been stacked against us and there's no work and there's, we can't, there's no houses we can afford. And, like, and it it's them, like calling out the system and you're just like yes and it's again a bop it's um very i do love that song yeah it's 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 funny because it goes hand in hand with their very sarcastic one like go go yeah where they're talking about like spending all this money but essentially it's like you know you shouldn't do that right like that them being sarcastic about like we are getting called caught up with spending because of capitalism yeah and like, take the time to understand, like, why are you doing that? Yeah. So now that we're an hour in, um, BTS, <laughs> uh, it's a seven member Korean pop group, um, from sort of, they sort of have an underdog story, right? So they were formed from, by like an, ind- a small independent label, um, and, were really left out and criticized and just ignored by a lot of the big media players um, in their country. And so they had to find creative ways to do things on their own. So they would create their own uh, social media platforms and would just kind of take any airtime that they could get um, and created all their own music. They're very hands-on and... um, particularly created music that actually had a message that was relevant to the high school and college students, like people their age of their generation. And, um, you know, it started off with things related to the school system and how much pressure they were under and stuff about, you know, trying to find work in the economy. And um, like I said, Spring Day is a song about... um, a disaster where a ferry sunk and it was full of school children um, due to, and it was like hushed up and covered up by the government and you weren't allowed to speak out about it at all. Um, Like 
they almost got blacklisted for creating this song in the first place. Um, so they couldn't say what it was about at first, but it like became like a national anthem kind of thing in Korea. And it's just never died. And the news really came up about that just recently. Yeah. No one knew for years. They finally admitted it. Like this year. <laughs> what it was about. <laughs> just, the, just like the... I man, the, their impact is just oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a whole another level. But to go back to your your point about where they really started, it's kind of like a rags to riches, right? Yeah. Like they had struggled for so long, and like you said, like the three main companies in K-pop industry really dominated it, mm-hmm. and you know they were coming from a very small company. So RM and Suga were like huge in like the underground rap scene when they were like teenagers like these are child prodigy rappers and songwriters Um, yeah like (laughs) nerdy little rm was like rap mon rap monster (laughs) and everyone was terrified of him these like grown adults were like terrified to rap against him and then j-hope was like a very successful underground hip-hop dancer yeah um he was a street dancer for a while yeah. And then Jin, they literally picked him up off the street because he was just so beautiful. <laughs> it is so Jin. Um, if you guys look more into BTS, Jin is like, honestly, like the most, re- so relatable. His, his like, his continued, you, you know, message about loving yourself. Just, yeah. I, I love it. Um, yeah. Right. He, he was also in college at the time when they yeah. already scouted him. And then. Yeah, Jimin was a, he was training to be a contemporary dancer. He was like headed towards like concert life. Um, And I, you know, there's a few videos of him in his like, you know. Pre-debut. Pre-debut. And I mean, as like a former contemporary dancer myself, he um, was very good. I mean, he is very good. But um, yeah, I... uh, like he he was really determined to become an idol, but I think he would have been an incredible like concert dancer as well, um, which is a very different style to bring to an idol group, like to bring in that like level of technique. And so, particularly this year with Black Swan, the 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 types of dance that they have been able to do because they have Jimin. With this song, they just went full Swan Lake, and my heart has been singing ever since. Oh my god! Yeah, I just like could not tap that. As someone who loves ballet, and Swan Lake is like my favorite ballet of all time. Like, oh my god, Jimin, he's <sighs> such a powerfully like commanding presence, yeah. just, such as like J Hope too in dancing, mm-hmm. but very different styles, mm-hmm. right? And then. V, from what I remember, like, didn't he go with his friend yeah. to the audition? He was just... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he was just there for moral support. But he thought, yeah, I'll, I'll audition anyway. And he was the only one picked from the audition. He wasn't even supposed to be there. And he's, like, incredibly talented and artistic. How how would you feel being his friend who, like, <laughs> didn't get in? Like, I feel so bad. Yeah. You're like, why did I bring him? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I would have been pissed. Um, and then here's yeah. Jungkook, who's the uh, oh golden Makne, and what's like six talent scouts like scouted him, but he 
but he only wanted to go to Big Hit because he was really inspired by RM. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's how you know you have a good team when, like, they're motivated by the quality of the art rather than, like, a big name or whatever. They were like, ooh, this is the kind of person I want to work with. This is the kind of person I want to make music with. Um, Yeah. And and to add to your point, I think, I don't think we really talked about it, but I think that's the biggest reason why I also really like BTS because they all around like I love all of them yeah like I feel like when I've watched like I've been fans of other older k-pop groups there's always like just my one favorite Mm -hmm. but every day like when I watch like BTS on the on YouTube or something like "Mm, sugar looking good right now like I also really like his like attitude Mm -hmm. and energy Mm -hmm. I like them as a whole Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's also articles that say like when they've met BTS either in a show or, like, behind the scenes, they, like, could see how close-knit they are. Like, they truly enjoy being together, whereas, like, maybe other K-pop groups, like, there might be a divide for some of them. Mm-hmm. But they, they're they so cohesive. Mm-hmm. They have worked really hard to, like, build really healthy relationships with each other. And because they're together all the time, it's made them super close. And they're so supportive of each other and, like immediately stamp out like one of my favorite things to watch is like anytime Jin tries to criticize himself all six of the others yeah. are just like no you are amazing and you are beautiful and we love you <laughs> but also what so I beautiful. also love is like they're like when they drag each other like oh, yeah. in a, it's like when who was it I think either Jungkook make, made a mistake and they're like it's okay you're not as bad as RM yeah, he they- messed up this whole dance I was like, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. They, I mean, they're very much siblings, like so supportive, but also the first ones to start like just giving each other shit. It's, yeah. Yeah. Which is really great because I hope for those listening that when you, if you are now a BTS fan, as Julia said, watch In the Soup. You really see their sibling. Mm -hmm siblingness i guess a relationship in that they really annoy multi- each other <laughs> yeah they really do so I think this, there's like that scene where jimin was about to play the legos and j-hope's like don't even do it if you're not gonna clean up <laughs> and then jimin just plays it back and like sits there and jin just does not shut up about ping pong the entire trip yeah he's like tom june Namjoon! Namjoon! Can we play ping pong? <laughs> Do you know that I'm the, be- I'm the ping pong champ? <laughs> and he's, and RM's like, yes, you said. You told me. Five times already. Oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. I love them all. Uh, we love them so much. Okay. For people who have, by some miracle, listened to this whole thing. And, you know, there's so much BTS content out there. It can be overwhelming. So, in terms of music, uh, where should they start? Uh, Spotify. Spotify is um, probably one of the best places to go to see most of all of their work. I think for, I know, like, side side music, sometimes not. Like, I know RM and Sugars and J-Hope's um, solo albums are out there, but I know, like, the side music that maybe, for example, like, Jungkook recorded, that's not official, like, 
you can get that on SoundCloud, I think. Yeah. Spotify would be my best bet for music content. Yeah. Or, you know, YouTube, if you really want to see their great music videos. Yes. Their music videos are amazing, um, as well as their, like, dance practices. I think both of those are, like, good YouTube content to start with. Um, see who they are as artists. My two favorite albums that give you kind of a sense of their whole discography over the years. Um, The Most Beautiful Moment in Life Part 2 is easily one of my top two favorite albums. Um, Again, super angsty. (laughs) It's it's like deep in the teen angst, but every single song on there is incredible. Um, Butterfly and Babe Say, which we talked about today, are on there. And then Love Yourself Tear, which we already talked about in great detail also an incredible album everything about that album is just great perfect it's it's a whole perfect like it covers all genres it's not all just like sad um and every single one is amazing um but also their their most recent album b it's only like six seven fully songs very accessible but it's also a very good sample of the range of genres that they cover because they really run the gamut. And then in terms of extra content, what's like your, if they just started with like one or two things, because BTS creates so much extra content outside of their music. So like, what's a good place to start for that? Um, And this was through my sister. So like coming from experience, Run BTS is a really good, so Run BTS is essentially, they play games on there they have like different um like kind of missions that they have to do Uh for example like for one to just give you guys context is um they went to lot world which is like a theme park in tokyo is it tokyo I i know it's in japan um and you know they have to find um kind of like all of these like cards at the mall mm-hmm. and they, whoever collects the most cards. And this is kind of like the side that I like to see of like, be, this is like what I saw mm-hmm. of, of them being so highly competitive oh, yeah. <laughs> with each other. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that's the same episode, but they are also so humble because they get so excited about the prizes. Like one of the prizes that they won was a rice cooker that to this day <laughs> they still have. So I would say Run BTS is a really good one. Um, You can watch it on on YouTube. It comes Mm -hmm. out every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And another one's like Bangtan Bomb. So as a side note, Bangtan Bomb is like kind of a snippet of their lives too. Like um, they have like what we talked about earlier, like that studio scene where they're working on a song or um, Jungkook and V were making like crafts one day for a holiday. Mm -hmm. And I think most recently they did... um, the Lunar New Year um, yeah. one. It was really cute. I yeah. like that one. They've slowed down a bit this year because they're not like touring and stuff. But normally it's like they have like designated staff who run around with little video cameras. So it's like home movie footage kind of stuff where it's like behind the scenes of them rehearsing, of them touring, of them celebrating each other's birthdays because they do it religiously. I don't know if they ever eat the cake, but they always... <laughs> They always know, bring right? each other a cake. I think a lot of their content, like Run BTS 2, is like sort of putting them in quote unquote the real world, right? Of like watching super famous people try things that they're not very good at and try to navigate yeah. cultural differences and try to um, 
cook or and they so it's it's stuff like that where it's like you see more of like a relatable side to them um these like millionaires losing their passport and it, you're like i've been there i've lost my passport yeah, yeah and then feels. you know trying to speak english yeah to- and their festa which is their like Oh yeah, the, the sort of birthday of the band, their debut is coming up in a few months. So that would be a great way to dive in. I think they're doing a live stream of one of their old concerts, so you could see them. Yeah, in um, I mean, these are many places where you can start. Don't feel overwhelmed because no. there's so much <laughs> there's content. So much content. So much content. Yeah. But yes, I hope that you guys and. En- enjoyed listening to this i don't know if it makes any sense to anyone who's not an army but if it did uh but if it piques your curiosity then you know um i hope you enjoy this because we just kind of rambled but we love bts and clearly i hope you understand why clearly (laughs) so like everybody else like the billions of fans that they have like yeah i they'd probably share the same sentiments yeah yeah, we like we love them because of their who they are as people as well as artists and the incredible music they create for like the meaning that they have in our lives individually and then also like their global impact and the ways that they I mean they're incredibly philanthropic and like are always um sending a message of, you know, love and support to people and... And hope. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, anti-violence, anti-injustice, anti-cruelty. And, you know, that message just spreads. I mean, all of the incredible philanthropic projects that armies all over the world take part in because they're so inspired by BTS. And so it really yeah, spreads. There's- just like it, it persists because they continue to have that passion. Mm-hmm. They they always like talk about army, like in their latest one about the lunar year. Mm-hmm. They're like, write army down on the poster. Yeah. They they always come back to army and say, like, you know, without you guys, like you wouldn't be here. So yeah. like they always think they always thank them. And like I feel like that's very new to a lot of K pop, right? Yeah. Well, they they always talk about their fans, but not to the extent of how BTS does it. Yeah. And continuously does it. So if you're listening to this, BTS loves you. And you should listen to them for your own mental health. Yes. That's it. And yeah, just do that. (laughs) Just do that. Give yourself, do yourself a favor. Like watch some BTS content. Look up the lyrics. Feel how much they love you. And a last thing for you, I forgot tell Julia because it's Valentine's Day also happy Valentine's Day oh, to yeah. all our listeners um I remember Sugar saying this he was saying if you don't have a Valentine's Day he will be your Valentine <laughs> <laughs> so Sugar is your Valentine he is yeah forever and always forever forever and always yeah <laughs> thank you you're welcome <laughs> yeah thank you listeners thank you christine for indulging my um 
my passions, oh, my Julia Clausen anytime. special interest hour or five hours, however long this is. Um, <laughs> yes. And thank you so much. And I hope you guys had a great listen. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to check out any of the recommendations we gave, as well as links to other things we mentioned through the episode, you can find us bookclubwithjv.com. Uh, we'll list all the show notes there. You can also follow along to see what we're reading next and uh, catch some cool memes that Julia leaves in our stories on Instagram at bookclubwithjv. A big thank you to Greg Brewer, our sound engineer, for making us sound good and creating all of our original music. Another big thank you to Gabby Feblin for our design. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys on our next episode. Bye, guys. Happy reading.